when's the last time you were able to network with your peers in the healthcare industry? Well, now is your chance. Join us this April with over a thousand executives at Becker's 13th annual meeting to hear C-suite discussions around consumerism, the nursing workforce, value-based care, and a lot more. You can register using the link in the description. We hope to see you there. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Luis Garcia, president of Sanford Health's clinic division. Dr. Garcia, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Laura, thank you. It's my pleasure and my honor. Thanks for allowing me to share some time with you and my thoughts about whatever questions you have. Fantastic. Well, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare right now and really just a fascinating field to be in. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, thank you, Laura. Uh, my name is Luis Garcia, and I am the uh, president for Sanford Health Clinic. And in other uh, institutions, is the equivalent of the president of the medical group. I don't know how much you know about Sanford, but Sanford Health is one of the largest fully integrated rural healthcare delivery systems in, in the nation. Our core clinical operations are in the states of Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, and Iowa. We have over 47 hospitals and more than 300 clinics. Uh, we employ nearly 3,000 physicians and APPs, both in primary care and specialty care. And in very short, my role is that I am responsible for the success of each one of those 3,000 clinical practices. From the personal standpoint, I was born in Mexico City. Um, I was raised in a very poor area of the city. My father was a local doctor, and that's my early exposure to medicine. But, you know, I'm very thankful for my mom and my dad, my parents, because they highlighted the importance of strong education and exposure to uh, good values. And that really led me towards uh, getting involved in, in medicine. Uh, I enrolled in what at the time was the best medical school in Mexico, was called La Salle University. That gave me the opportunity to come to the United States to do my surgical residency. So I did general surgery at the University of North Dakota School of Medicine and Health Sciences. And subsequently, I did a mini fellowship in bariatric surgery at the University of Pittsburgh and came back to the Midwest to be employed by Sanford. Sanford has been my only employer over 20 years. And uh, it's been a fascinating journey. Uh, you know, like any journey has had its ups and downs, uh, but my success certainly is a product of hard work and resilience, but I'm also a product of my environment. Uh, I've been blessed with great mentors and role models starting with my mom and my dad. I've been lucky to be in a great organization like Sanford that allowed me to succeed not only as a clinician, but as a leader. And I am very, very grateful for those that influenced my ability to identify the right values and define my moral compass. Uh, so in, in summary, uh, I've been very gifted by great support uh, inside and outside my profession. And needless to say, support of my family. So thank you for the question. Well, that's a fascinating journey to your where your role is today at Stanford Health, just to really be leading the clinic division and overseeing so many different aspects of the patient care. How did your 
time growing up in Mexico City really influenced the way that you provide care and your philosophies for leading the organization? Oh, Laura, that's a great question. And and I tell you, I I think that I I can consider myself lucky because throughout my life in different stages, I've been exposed to situations of huge need. I have witnessed situations where people truly have nothing but just something to eat and how to deliver care in those uh, instances. And also I have been blessed to be in situations where we have areas of excess and all the resources available uh, to to provide that care. But let me tell you, regardless of the situation, I think that the philosophy of our caregivers is always the same. And the philosophy is to fulfill our commitment to our patients, to deliver the best care possible to those in need, if you think about it, our patients come to us in their times of greatest need, and they're trusting us with everything they have, which is their life and their health, right? So regardless of the situation, our caregivers always do a phenomenal job at using their talents, which are very unique talents, to provide that care that our patients very much need, regardless of the situation. So uh, I tell you, it's been an honor to not only be a physician, but to be a surgeon and now a leader of a large medical group and try to influence decisions that fulfill those values and that mission that we have, right? Which is always bring great quality care, great outcomes, regardless of the situation in which we find ourselves into. That's a really great point. And definitely, I love that idea of, you know, no matter what the situation is, really focusing on bringing the patient the best level care possible with a ton of dignity. So um, that's fantastic to hear. Now, I know it's a very unique time um, in the U.S. right now and in the world, but in healthcare in particular, there's a lot of different things um, that are making it challenging, but also a lot of opportunities for um, improving the healthcare system and really having a, a um, you know, rewarding uh, relationship with patients. So what are some of the biggest issues that you're following in healthcare right now headed into 2023? Yeah, thank you for that question, Laura. I tell you, I think that if you ask uh, any CEO or leader in a healthcare organization right now about what keeps them awake at night, perhaps uh, the topic that dominates that conversation is uh, workforce shortages and the cost of uh, of that workforce. Um, in Sanford Health, uh, building a stronger workforce to provide care in our communities is central to our overarching strategy. Uh, but what we have seen is that recruitment and retention of healthcare professionals is an ongoing and growing challenge. Um, the Association for Medical, American Medical Colleges has estimated that we will have a shortage of about 125,000 physicians by 2034. And that is caused by several factors. Um, one of them is that between 2019 and 34, the population of our country will grow by 10%, but the population sector of those that are 65 and older is projected to grow by 42%. So you can imagine that this will result in an increased demand for medical care At the same time that this is happening, a large portion of the physician workforce 
is approaching retirement age. Uh, it is estimated that two out of five active physicians in the U.S. will be 65 or older within the next decade. And if this materializes into early retirements, the shortage of physicians will not would only only exacerbate that increased demand. And then you have other layers that we have been adding in the last couple of years. I mean, you have heard about the topic of burnout. Uh, before COVID, 40% of practicing physicians felt burnout. And uh, after COVID, those numbers have increased. Uh, the Physician Foundation survey uh, conducted by Merritt Hawkins in 2020 showed that that burnout has increased to about 60%. And about 30%. 38, sorry, 38% of the physicians right now are considering retiring within the next coming year. So you, you ask yourself, why is this so high in our radar? It's because also these challenges are disproportionately affecting the rural, rural areas. Um, and in Sanford, more than, more than two thirds of our patients live in a rural setting and almost all our clinical activities are delivered within this context. Uh, while nearly 20% of Americans live in a rural area, only fewer than 10% of the physicians practice in rural communities. And then you have an added layer of complexity that uh, when it comes to workforce, uh, we used to compete with our local markets. You know, We used to pay attention what happens across the street with our direct competitor. Then it became a competition at the national level with other healthcare organizations, but now we're even competing for the same workforce with other industries, and this creates a whole new dynamic. And, uh, you know, this brings me to the second biggest challenge that I think we're seeing, yeah, which is the well-being of our workforce. As an organization, our baseline duty, we feel that is to make our people successful in what they do best, right? We're responsible for making them uh, re uh, successful in their clinical practices. But we also have made the commitment to bring excellent care to all the communities that we serve. And in order to do that, we need the best people, but we also need the best people at their best. So Sanford Health has been committed to investing heavily in clinician well-being efforts, uh, really rising the levels of burnout go beyond the individual impact. Uh, we know that burnout, uh, those clinicians that are burnout perform less efficiently. They have lower patient satisfaction. And we also know that burnout can also impact quality outcomes in a negative way. So in Sanford, we're heavily focused on supporting our clinicians in the development of the practice, but also support them as human human being, human beings. Uh, ultimately, we want Sanford to be a place where our clinicians come to practice and they stay until they retire. And that means that we need to support them, once again, not only as clinicians, but also as human beings inside and out uh, their place of work. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, and is really something that many organizations are trying to figure out, you know, what the, that is going to mean for them and how they can meaningfully work with their physicians and clinical staff to 
um, create some of those long and fruitful relationships and careers that are, are so beneficial. Is there anything that you've done in the last year or are planning to do in 2023 that you feel like is needle moving in terms of um, physician satisfaction? Yeah, that's a really good question, uh, uh, Lauren. Let me tell you, I wish I could tell you that is one thing uh, or one meeting or one initiative, but that's not the case. Uh, you know, I, I think that the success that we have had in Sanford is a result of many, many years of conversations, many, many meetings, many, many initiatives, and it's truly a journey of resiliency. You know, so one of the things that, that I can tell you is that everything about clinician experience in Sanford uh, rolls under an umbrella that we call a lifespan of employment and engagement. And what I can tell you, Laura, is that there's not one initiative that works for everybody. Think about the fact that we have three generations right now in the workforce, and those generations have different definitions of loyalty, different definitions of engagement, uh, different likes or different uh, wants out of their employment. And while we all share the commitment to our patients, we share it in a different perspective. So as an organization, you need to pay attention to that. And we need to develop the many, many initiatives that would support our clinicians regardless of their gender, regardless of their age, or regardless of their time in that journey of their profession, right? Uh, so it's a very, very comprehensive battery of uh, initiatives that we have put in place to support our clinicians. And that alone would take me three hours to talk about, Laura. But I think the key message here is that it's not one thing it's a really comprehensive approach to the topic of uh, the experience of being employed by Sanford. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Now, when you look ahead, what are you most excited about and what makes you nervous? Yeah, <laughs> good question, Laura. I tell you, one of the things that makes me very excited starting the year is really a little bit of a return to normalcy, if there's such a thing in healthcare, right? I think that our clinicians after the pandemic, they're getting to a point where they feel that they're again practicing medicine as they want it to be. They get to interact with their patients, they get to connect and communicate with them, and they get to foster that physician-patient interaction without any of the outside noise that the last couple of years uh, put us through. So our clinicians are, are finally feeling valued again, right? And by the way, this is a great opportunity, Laura, for me to thank everybody, everybody that is listening to this podcast and has been through the last couple of years in healthcare. Please accept my gratitude and uh, for everything that you have done. Uh, difficult times, but you have showed up and, 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 and we're very, very grateful for that because your patients uh, need you. Uh, but, you know, in Sanford, we're facing uh, many of the same headwinds uh, as any other system across the country. Laura, to name a few, the increase in the cost of delivering of care, uh, greater complexity of care, uh, the return to patient uh, volumes to the pre-pandemic levels, 
a very unfriendly reimbursement environment. I, I spoke about the workforce challenges. Uh, but you know, what makes me excited, uh, Laura, is that in Sanford as an integrated care delivery system, we actually believe that we have a prime opportunity to lead the way. I think that by having an employed physician group and a provider-owned health plan, we truly have the ability to better align incentives, which benefits our communities, our patients, and improves overall the health of the populations that we that we serve. And let me just give you an example. In Sanford right now, we're completely revisiting and reimagining our virtual care delivery models. As we know, uh, and as we look into the future, we're focused on providing the right care at the right time and in the right place. I think the pandemic was a catalyst uh, for widespread virtual care adoption, both by patients and providers. And we really, really want to capitalize in this opportunity. Um, we have specific departments, for example, the endocrinology department uh, in one of our markets that have adapted their practices to an almost fully virtual setting. Uh, this has transformed uh, the patient experience and enhanced also provider satisfaction. Um, another example is our OB department. Um, uh, now uh, we allow all women with low-risk pregnancies to conduct a good portion of the prenatal care remotely without the need to travel long distances, have to take time off from work, have to find childcare, et cetera, et cetera. So over the last two years, our uh, obstetric providers or clinicians have logged more than 3,000 OB video visits for our patients. Um, Sanford Health has launched a 350 million virtual care initiative to transform healthcare for rural and underserved communities across the Midwest by improving that access to convenient and high quality healthcare and using this technology. Another thing that we're doing, Laura, is that we're investing in uh, heavily in augmented intelligence and predictive analytics to support our workforce, our workforce needs and identify efficiency of care, and also obviously to reduce costs and improve clinical outcomes. We really believe that digital solutions can help assist and augment and alleviate also clinician burnout. So just to give you an example, uh, one of the, the uh, models that we developed is a predictive model that assess uh, adverse mental health outcome for outcomes for physicians, uh, sorry, for patients that come to our clinics for visits unrelated to mental health. So what we're doing is that we are mining the information that our patients give us at any given visit. And using that information, we're identifying patients that could be at a potential high risk of a negative mental health outcome based on that information. And that way we can identify them, offer them the resources and prevent that negative outcome. So it's just one of the ways in which uh, we are using predictive analytics in our work in our uh, uh, workflows right now. So, you know, as I look into the future, it really excites me that Sanford is thinking outside the box, that we're looking at ways in which we never did things. Uh, 
that we are investing in things that sometimes not necessarily mean reimbursement for Sanford, but it means proper patient care and commitment to those uh, to those patients uh, that we promise that commitment to. That's outstanding to hear, and I really appreciate the use of technology and in integrating that into the organization to support the workforce and team members, as well as better patient care. I think you did an amazing job of just describing what that looks like and how that goes. Now, before we wrap up our conversation here, I just wanted to ask you about leadership. What do you think will be the most effective qualities of healthcare leaders and what they'll need over the next two to three years as the healthcare system changes? Wow, Laura, that that is a win the lottery question. I got to tell you. Um, thank you for that question. I, and I have to tell you once again, just like I praise the clinicians that went through the last couple of years, I also praise the healthcare leaders and what they've been through in the last uh, couple of years. I think that personalities were tested, uh, leadership skills were tested, and and it was a prime time for leaders to shine as such. And, uh, you know, trying to answer your question, uh, one of the things that that I often say as a clinician that transition into leadership is that you need to understand the complexity of business of medicine if you want to be a good leader. You know, the decisions that you make affect individuals, affect groups of individuals, and they also affect the organization that you serve at large. No decision is easy. And no matter what you decide, you will always affect someone. Uh, you also need, in my opinion, to continue to understand the practice of medicine. Uh, the challenges of the various sectors of medicine are different. The stakeholders are different. And you always need to consider how your decisions will affect those that you represent. And one of the things that, that I found of value to me is to continue to have a clinical practice. Even if, if it's as, at a very small percentage, I make an effort, Laura, to continue to be a physician and I take call on weekends uh, in acute care surgery and I to try to help our endoscopy partners by doing endoscopy and things like that because that gives me not only the connectivity with the, the groups that I represent, but also gives me some credibility because before being a president of the medical group, I am a clinician, I am a physician, and I continue to give patient care. And I think, uh, Laura, just to wrap up, I strongly believe that the most important aspect is that as a leader, you are in a position of honor, and with such honor comes tremendous, tremendous responsibility. So no matter how difficult the situation can be, you always have to be empathetic and caring. Um, if you think about it, people knock at our doors, not because they're trying to bother us, but because they need us. Uh, every day we make difficult decisions, but ultimately we always need to make the right decision. And sometimes the right decision affects people. Uh, so when faced with a difficult decision, I always keep in mind that my responsibility is first to our patients, second to our clinicians, and I always have to set the tone to bring the best out of the talent that we have inside Sanford. I hope I answer your question. 
Oh, you did very well. Thank you so much, Dr. Garcia. This has been such a pleasure to speak with you. And I look forward to having you back on the podcast soon. So I appreciate your time. And, and once again, to all those that are listening that are involved in healthcare, my sincere gratitude for everything that you have been doing and continue to do. Thank you very much, Laura.